Welcome back, Tall Skulls. Hello, everyone. Nick and I have been with the rest of you watching the events in Ukraine unfold. We want to officially, as Feckless Moms and proud members of the Feckless Moms Audio Network, give our support to the people of Ukraine and stand in solidarity with those whose country is being invaded. We have a little list of organizations that you can support if you want to make a difference to the people on the ground. You can always go to UNICEF. UNICEF is is always a supporter of people across the world in need. They support health, nutrition, etc. Médecins Sans Frontières, or Doctors Without Borders, is a wonderful group doing lots of work, again, across the world, including in Ukraine. The Voices of Children is a Ukrainian organization that is a charitable fund that helps provides psychological and psychosocial support to children affected by by armed conflict, ironically wow. enough. Important. Yep. Sunflower of Peace. This is actually fun. I didn't realize that the sunflower is the national flower of Ukraine. And this organization is putting together medical backpacks for paramedics and doctors and sending those, those kits to people. The International Committee of the Red Cross... Everybody knows the Red Cross. The Switzerland-based organization is helping out the Ukrainian-specific Red Cross. Save the Children, based in London, delivers essential humanitarian aid to various conflicts and is doing a lot of work right now in in Ukraine. Another group helping with humanitarian assistance is the UN Refugee Agency, the UNHCR, also providing emergency assistance to families. CARE, C-A-R-E, is raising money for its Ukraine Crisis Fund, which supplies basic needs, food, water, hygiene, support services, direct cash to people affected by the conflict. And it says it's prioritizing women, girls, families, and the elderly. And finally, the International Medical Corps is a global nonprofit that is working for primary health care and mental health services in eastern Ukraine since 2014. And they're raising funds to expand the service, the, those services, and those services will be needed, no doubt. Indeed. I will be linking uh, an NPR article that lists all of these uh, right in the show notes. It'll be the first thing. Go ahead and check that out, please. If you can give anything, if you can help anyone, even kind words. We've we've already reached out to Eugene from Vernacular for Bose and uh, kind words help. But if you can help fund as well, donate. Do what you can, please. That's right. And now, without further ado, enjoy our weekly episode. Proctors and deacons, squeegee off the stained glass carriage, take your poking stick in hand, and dazzle everyone with your shining morality. Don't look at my search history. To the Pope-mobile, it's time to talk toll to me! <laughs> Goddamn Pope! Yes. The Vatican, I know, um, specifically does not like the term the Pope-mobile. Well. They think it's undignified. I mean, it is undignified. They're right, but I, that's just what, what makes is it, it even the better. the term or the concept? Um, well, I mean, the, it is a Pope-mobile in concept. It is. Right. Welcome back. I am Omen Said. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are... 
Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A good old-fashioned pulpit thumping in the dark, sleepy town of Prague Rock in which nosy Nick and oversensitive Omen attempt to save you from your sins by homilizing every single song that devout Prague Rock band Jethro Tull ever produced. Song by song, episode by episode, we will mythologize the martyr Martin Barr, we will judge the jealous John Evans, and defend the devious D. Palmer, all while expunging the sin of our own ignorance with the flute flagellations of Ian Antisocial Anderson. No, Ian Anderson, Anderson the Antisocial II. There we go. That's good. That yeah. kind of worked. A little bit. Yeah, is, is that is that really just like, is that what the names of the popes were? Is just kind of their biggest trait? Uh, or their biggest aspiration. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Or they were named after uh, a famous other pope. Oh, yeah, the second or third or whatever. Or, or yeah. a saint, yeah. Do you get to pick your pope name? I think you do. I think that's why uh, our current pope, Pope Francis, he specifically, I remember that he specifically wanted to be the first Pope Francis. Is he really the first? Yeah, he's wow. Pope Francis, the the OG. The, the OG first, yeah. The OG that's, a, that's in parentheses, though. You don't have to say that part. It's silent. It's a silent OG. Okay, yeah. Nick, hello. Omen. Omen, hello. Welcome. Welcome, my son. <laughs> Thank you. It it's been, been one week since my last talk call to me. <laughs> Damn it. You, I was going there. That's where I was going. In fact, it has. Uh, we are today, we are wrapping up the weather on the change that is Stormwatch. Yeah, big moment here, actually. Big, big moment. We're, we're starting a brand new album next week. But before we do that, I, I just need Marley to bring me an email. If that's, uh, let's see. Marley! Thank you. Thank you, Mar- Marley. This, this isn't the paper that we normally print emails on. Is Run out. Had to tear it from one of those old books. Uh, <sighs> You you printed on one of my books. Just to read around the uh, the numbers and words. Okay, so I'll just have to decipher it, Marley. Ugh, just we have a whiteboard. You write on there what's what we need to pick up for the week. And you you know that's know. the devil's work. The whiteboard. <sighs> I cast it out onto I the freeway. I uh, I'll go okay. get it. Okay, yeah, I'm taking that out of your pay. Thank you, Marley, for the email. I will. <sighs> I'll read it. Well. Okay, so this is an email from a, a new writer in her. Oh, how exciting. We've seen a spate of new writer inners after the the whole uh, Jethro Tull claiming that we're friends now. And yeah, we've got new listeners and new writers, and we absolutely adore that. So this email comes to us from the, the name of the submitter is Hot Mango Flush. <gasps> One of my favorite songs. <laughs> One of your favorite songs. Universally reviled by, by I think, almost every other Tull Might fan. be why I like it so much. <laughs> so this is, uh, the subject is, it's been a long time coming. Message. Hello, Omen and Nick. I'm finally writing you after being a loyal listener of the podcast since about March of 2019. He, this We've got an OG listener right here, March of 19. That's four months into when we started. Wow. Yeah. And I figured it was about time I sent a note saying how much I enjoy the show. 
You never fail to make me laugh and even educate me. How would I ever had known who the cake man was without you guys? <laughs> Are we all the cake man, Nick, in some way or another? That's what we've learned throughout this, this podcast is uh, we're all the cake man. My jumpstart to Tull was in the late 70s when I was about 15 years old and purchased the live Bursting Out album through the Columbia Record Club. We, we're getting a, we're very consistently hearing about this Columbia Record Club at this point. Yeah. The thing that got me hooked was that the music on that album was so diverse, from folk to classical to hard rock, and had such a different feel than anything that I was listening to at that time. And the stage banter of Ian's really appealed to my sense of humor. My first show was May of 1979 on the Stormwatch tour in Madison, Wisconsin, and I have seen them every time that I could since. I believe about 17 shows. Wow. Very much looking forward to your thoughts on Under Wraps, which is definitely one of my top 10 Tull albums. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Hot Mango Flush, for writing Thank in. You. Thank you for being a longtime listener. That's, it's, we could do it without you, but it would be a lot less fun. It would be, it would be, it'd be lonely. It'd be quiet. And, <laughs> it would. Uh, Probably a bit boring. So thank you for writing in. And uh, I am also looking forward to talking about Under Wraps. That is actually a an album with which I am less familiar. So it'll be a learning experience for me. Yeah, and, and I, I've admitted in the past that I have given A and Under Wraps a lot of guff for being electronic and and You've given Cynthia, it three Billy Goats guff. Three Billy Goats guff. But that being said... At this point, it is just a facade. I do actually enjoy those albums, particularly because of Walk in Delight. After we covered Walk in Delight, I got a new appreciation for them, I would say. Indeed. And with that, Nick, I believe it is time to jump into the very final next thing. It is the very final next thing. I just want to do a quick addendum from last week when we were talking Urban Apocalypse. I said that Urban Apocalypse was a melody in D's title track on Through Darkened Glass. Incorrect. The medley is Elegy on Through Darkened Glass. Urban Apocalypse has its own track on Through Darkened Glass. I just, I got to clear it up now. That's good. Got to clear it up now. That's great. And my conscience, my, my, my confession is done. I will do three Hail Marys Dude. and two. To our Martin bars. Do three cross-eyed Marys. There you go. Oh, that was good. That was good. I'm embarrassed now. And that is it for Preamble. Thank you for sitting through the shenanigans and the nonsense as usual. Omen, what are we listening to today? Yeah. Oh, my God. How did you get into here? Nick, we are listening today to the very final bonus track from the 40th anniversary Force 10 edition of Stormwatch released in 2019. The track called? And, in fact, this is another new one for you, I believe. It sure is. So let's dive in, oh so piously, to Man of God.
Oh, Nick. Trains. Trains. Bit of a, an unusual piece for the band, no? Very much so, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the longest songs we've heard in a while. Six and a half minutes. Which isn't really that long if you, you know, if you think of some of the stuff from the from the older days. Sure. But it is a lot longer than anything off of almost anything off of Stormwatch. Yeah. I'm not gonna play my hand yet. Omen, how do you feel about Man of God? I'm gonna you know, for me, this song really gives me this this deep feeling of Oh, oh yeah, that is that is the the most positive feeling I can muster for this song. However, I am like you, a consummate professional tall discussinator. Who told you that? I I wrote it myself on a oh, okay on a piece of paper. It's a lie about me. I don't know about you. You can, but you know, I I think that it's an interesting track. I under I can see immediately from listening to it why it was not included on. Stormwatch or indeed any other proper studio album. Yeah. For me it feels a little bit like a like a backtracking thematically to some of the days of Aqualung. Oh, interesting. Okay. Sure. You know, it definitely fits for me it kind of feels like it's squarely in that religious critique, critique of religion. Yeah, them- thematically, not necessarily musically. It doesn't sound terribly Aqualung. No, 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 no. It's no, a little no. too I, clean. I mean, lyrically. Yeah. You know, and in terms of the themes. Yeah. Musically, I actually think it's really interesting. It starts out nice. I really like the the, the pluckies. The little guitar, like, ping, ping. Yeah, I believe those are... Pluckies. Yeah, they are, indeed. They are, those are that's a use of harmonics, which we discussed yep. a couple episodes ago. Yep, piano's nice in here. The guitar is very, very heavy. Yes, with an unusual sound. I, I don't know what yeah. Martin is doing. If it's got some kind of a different effect, but. It's got a little bit of a it's got a little bit of a little bit of a different flavor on this song than it I really think we're does. accustomed to Martin or what we think of as Martin sounding like. I acknowledge that there is skill there. I acknowledge that it's that it's good and it's well played, but I do not like the style at all. Mm. I, this this just like just weavy, smarmy, rocky, heavy guitar. It just doesn't do it for me. Allow me to put some words in your mouth for a moment, please. Oh I, my god, it's so dirty in here. Well, you didn't have to get in. I, how how else am I going to get them all the way back here? <laughs> Hello. Ooh, ooh. Okay, I'm going to predict that you feel that this song is approximately two and a half to three minutes too long. That's generous. I would say f- four. four. Uh, but you do at, feel at like the song four. is too long. Oh, absolutely. So I am going to provide a counter argument to, to defend the length of this song, even though this is not a song that I particularly enjoy. I cannot wait to hear this. Okay. For me, I think that, the, you know, that thematically, what the length allows for us, it's very funny because when we talked about walking to light, we both were like, oh, all these repeated phrases and words, you know, he, Ian would never do this in the regular tall stuff. And then here we are. Whoops. <laughs> with man of God being repeated 30 times. 30 times. 
I think that for me, what is potentially interesting and valuable about that uh, combined with the length of it is that you get the sense of somebody really trying to convince themselves of something, someone repeating this mantra to themselves over and over and over again. Until it's true. Until they believe it. Yeah, right, right, right. I get that, but I hate it. It is the worst choice musically. It is not interesting to listen to. It's obnoxious. I loathe it. Cool. And (laughs) come back next week when we discuss the next album. But I I also think that, you know, there's there's something else to consider, which is that in 1979, Uh the style of music was a little bit different. The expectations around music were a little bit different. Okay. We had fewer distractions. And so, in effect, if somebody was going to buy your album, or, you know, not that this was on an album, but if you were building something for an album, you, you in a way had a captive audience. Whereas nowadays, if you release music, it's on Spotify and people can just, you know, fast forward 15, right. 15 seconds or just skip if they don't like it. And also, presumably, I would assume that every song Tall ever wrote was at some point, like, you don't write a song thinking, oh, this is not going to go on an album, right? Like, right. what's the point otherwise? So, presumably, it started out as, we're going to put this on an album somewhere. Right. You know, Ian felt felt the the groove and, and wrote it out, and and that's when they figured out it wasn't viable. Right. When, when you go back and you listen to all the tapes and you're like, oh, this one sounds amazing. Maybe that's unexpected. Yeah. This one that we thought was going to be really good. We can lose it. Right. Or like, you know, we, we're going to give this a try. We don't know if it's going to be good or not. Turns out it wasn't great. Put it in the put it in the archive. And then sometimes they revamp them and bring them into other albums. As with this. No, no, I'm I'm saying like if you wrote it at the, say, benefit era. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You revisit it five years on and think, oh, yeah, we can re- kind of rewrite this in our current style and it works better now. Whereas what you're saying is this one, they they dug it out of a, a shoebox filled with gravy and and wiped it off and said, oh, well, I mean, we got a we got an extra space in the uh, in the old Force 10 here. So let's do it. You do love to keep your gravy in a shoebox. I've it, and it and it does make it it does really enhance the flavor. Exactly. If you can't admit that, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. This discussion, Nick, makes me jump very logically and naturally to a, another band your friends and mine, ABBA, the Swedish sensation. Cool, great. That's the second time that we've talked ABBA in ever? two weeks, I think. Uh, also ever. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, ABBA, you brought up ABBA when we talked about the Super Troopers. Yes, ABBA, yeah. yes, Super Troopers. Okay, so ABBA for decades just churned out radio hits, 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 number ones, number ones, number ones, number ones. And there was an interview at one point that where somebody asked them, how do you, you know, what's your formula for keep that where that allows you to keep churning out just hit after hit after hit? They never had a flop. Yeah. And they were like, well, we all get together when we are not touring and we write for eight hours a day in the same room. Yeah, it's it is their it's their job. It's their full time job. And so literally they just will, you know, sit down for a month of work and produce 200 songs. Exactly, yeah. And then they'll comb through them and be like, these three are pretty good. Sure, it's it's monkeys and typewriters. It's eventually you're going to get something. It's spray and pray. You will eventually hit. It's Swedes and keyboards. It's Swedes and keyboards, yeah. Swedes and monkeys. 
So, you know, I think that what we're what we see here is is because we are digging into these bonus tracks because we have demanded because our our we have beaten down the doors of of Ian's good sense and his and his record company's gatekeeping and this is our reward. Right. And Ian is is so prolific with writing that, you know, of course you can't assume, you know, for me it's almost the reverse of Abba that like you know, Ian writes all these songs and occasionally one of them isn't, isn't as good as the others. Yeah, very, very rarely have we come upon a stinker. But also because of that, it makes it that much more palpable when we do come upon one like this is that it's just it's it's such a detraction from from our our expectations. It really it makes you want to say Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. I'm a man of mama. I'm mama of God. That's it. Yeah. So the bass in this is chonky as, as all get out. Very, very good bass. The hi-hat, I'm, I'm not sure if I heard any drums in this except for the hi-hat that Right. Yes. And then he, yes. He, he steps off of it and gets a little, and then back into the the ticky ticky. It is a rocking number. It just I I mean I'm being very, I'm I'm being very opinionated. But it's just it's just so heavy rock, and I just do not like the style. I think ultimately that's that's where my well that and the repetition those two things combined to make the perfect ball of of disgust for me. It defeats you. It does. I am defeated, as Rook would say. This song is is your Waterloo. It is. I will die here on this hill. Yes. <laughs> so how do you feel about it? It's just math for you. For me, it's uh there are aspects of it that I enjoy a, a sort of. For me, it's one of those songs where where each single part of it by itself, I actually really like. Okay. And then somehow it doesn't all come together. It's like I've been watching a lot of MasterChef. And it's like, you know, it's like when somebody cooks like this amazing mash that's really well seasoned, this really well cooked piece of protein and this delightful vegetable and this, you know, this delightful sauce. And each of those components by themselves is very good, but it doesn't come together as a cohesive plate. Yeah. That's how I feel about this. Yeah. I think... That the, I think the acoustic guitar is really cool, really unusual. It almost sounds to me like maybe it's a 12-string guitar. It's just got a different sound to it. Huh, okay. I really like the the harmonics in that introduction. Uh-huh. I think that the the finger roll with the piano, that yeah. in various points is cool. I actually really like Ian's singing on this. It's good for his voice. You know, it, it works well. It's a new take on, on. I mean, we haven't heard him sing a whole lot like this. It's very passionate. He's doing it's a nice. lot of very uh, intricate runs, which is a little atypical for him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is super cool to hear. But you, you need to do that if you're going to be repeating the same phrase over and over and over and over.
Yeah, and for me, it's that that repetition isn't supported enough musically. There's not very much variety in the music. It's it's pretty. No, it's it's not very proggy in terms of the rhythms and time, and time signatures. Yeah, aside from that really cool opener, it once it hits the heavy, like it's it's that all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the lyrics. Sure. Do you think? Rarely. I not not if I can help it. Do you think that if? I I do really like your theory that this is like the mantra, and I I get okay. that I can see that in here. I would not put it past Ian at all. Like that makes absolute sense. Is that the case, or is this an unfinished song? To me, this doesn't feel unfinished. This feels no finished, but not great. Okay, yeah, that sounds right to me. So, what is this this song about? Is this just a priest? Is this a smarmy priest? Or a zealous priest. It's, I think, it's fresh yes. on my mind because, uh, spoiler alert, everybody, we we literally just did Zealot Gene last night. So it's it's kind of really ripe in the noggin. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that has remained consistent with Ian's critique of society and specifically religion is that he mostly yeah. critiques religious institutions and religious figures, not religion itself. Right, the 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 flawed humanity wearing the guise of religion. And I think that in this song we have a a sketch of a flawed human wearing the the trappings of religion and and using this repeated I'm a man of God, I'm a man of God, I'm a man of God to kind of justify whatever he might be doing underneath. Yeah, yeah, whatever he's doing, he's doing for Jesus. He's doing this for God. So so it it, it can't be wrong. It can't be flawed or sinful or or whatever it is that that we are to kind of surmise is happening. And there's a long tradition of that. I mean, I was thinking I was thinking about Cardinal Richelieu, the French cardinal who was able to really really was instrumental in politically and militarily unifying France and and is huh. and is kind of the villain in uh, the in Alexander Dumas's The Three Musketeers. That's why I know the name. Got That's it. why you know the name. The red card, his red eminence, his red M&Ms, his red M&Ms, don't touch them. <laughs> you know, but there was there was somebody who really used his position of power within the church to gain more and more and more power and say and really argue and say, you know, the, ta- the church should not pay taxes. And wow, by the way, now that I have all this money, we should go to war with uh, with this island full of Protestants. And yeah. And it was all under the name of religion and, and you know, what is what is correct and what is just from a religious point of view. It's I mean, it's the same thing as the, the big televangelists, you know, like I need a private jet so I can fly and spread the word of Jesus to everyone. What was the film that just came out about the about the televangelists? The, oh, I don't know. The Eyes of. Oh, Tammy Faye. The Eyes of Tammy, Tammy Faye. Baker. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's that same thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that, you know, it's almost I think what is. I think what maybe falls a little flat with this song is that that is such a known trope hmm. that it almost would be more interesting if there was a sense of this character actually doing some good. Yeah, it's it's not like Ian to to be so hitting the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this is not, you know, this we we have to have to give the man some slack he 
wrote about 300 amazing songs that got released and yeah. however many songs that didn't. And this is one that that we personally don't like and guaranteed this is someone's favorite song out there. Absolutely. This is Cardinal Richelieu's favorite song. He loves it in hell. He blasts this <laughs> song in his special Cardinal Hole. If it wasn't for those scheming musketeers, I would have gotten away with it, too. Right into his cardinal hole. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, whether it's the reasons that that we feel or not, like, there is a reason this song, there is at least one reason that this song was not released. Mm. And and it is, we are kind of going through Ian's dirty laundry, pulling up all of these old ones where where Steve Wilson's, like, digging through, through the right. closet and, and pulling these out. Yeah. I can't wait until the 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 ex, the ten extra songs coming up on, on what is it broadsword? Is that the 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 final yes, yes, remaster? Yes, yes. That was so exciting. So so, do you want to talk about specific lyrics in here? Yeah, let's kind of skim through them. I carry my visions on my shoulder. You better look out for the things I say. Hellfire and brimstone leave me colder than Jack Frost stripped naked on a winter's day. Well, there's one of my favorite tall things, which is a callback to a previous... <gasps> Wait a minute. Oh. A call forward. I think so. To a not yet written song. Yeah, Jack Frost. And the Hooded Crow. Roots? Is that where it originally showed up? Broadsword and the Beast. Oh, it's Broadsword. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it is an instance of Jack Frost and the Hooded Crow calling back to this song. It's... No, I think this song is having a premonition I, of Jack I think Frost. it's coincidence, really. I will not normally I'd be more than happy to give give you that but this one does not feel like it at all. Would Jack Frost be cold if he were stripped naked on a winter's day? He would just be he'd be comfortable, wouldn't he? I will I think he is coldness. He is the quality of Oh, coldness. so so no no modicum of heat at all. He is at his coldest, which for him is comfortable. But he is sure. the embodiment of cold. Okay. But he is he is measurably cold. This song is is put to bed. I'm I'm good with it now. Okay. Well, I touch your children with my water, the holy water, sanctified by holy breath. Holy mothers, holy daughter, I won't make you laugh, but I'll be your death. Well, I touch your children with my I mean, I think that the biggest thing, it's hard to say, you know, what what does this specifically refer right? to? Because it really could be so many things. But I do think that there is this, in a lot of traditional societies and, and in Europe, often the the village priest was the most powerful person in town. Sure, sure, sure. And, you know, and saw people baptized and saw people buried. You know, that was sort of the job description. And often would be at both ends of someone's sure, life. And, and could be the one that would say whether someone is possessed or not, or or is evil or not, or can be... Oh, they could 
really give you a bad day. Yeah, hanged or excommunicated or any number of things. Well, and you know, I carry the vision. I carry visions on my shoulder. You'd better look out for the things I say. That really, oof, think of all the instances in which religious visions have have led to problems sure. for other people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, on a macro scale, we could look at all the all the difficulty that Joan of Arc caused her her enemies. That pesky Joan of Arc. Yes, indeed. But a lot of her inspiration came from visions. She she had right. visions. Was it epilepsy? Was it ergot poisoning? Was it who knows? And does it matter because did not God put the ergot? There you in the go. Meat? Thank you, God, for poisoning your servant. And then, you know, on a different on the on the other side of the ocean, we have in the the crucible. Yeah, also ergot poisoning. Yeah, also probably ergot poisoning. But you know that sense of like, oh, I have a vision. And because of that, we have to hang this person. Goody Proctor was sleeping with Satan in the woods. Yeah. 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 Have you seen The Witch? I ask you this like every couple of months. Not since, not since 2016 when we broke up. Oh. <laughs> so no, I've never, I've never okay. seen The Witch. Very good. Highly recommended. It was like the first probably never first movie it. that Anya Taylor Joy was in. W Y T C H. One of the best Sounds horror movies. Scary. One of the best horror movies that we've seen in a very long time. You don't like horror movies? No, thank you. Oh my god! Oh my man they of give god! Give me a tummy ache. I'm good at tummy ache. I'm scared. I don't like them. Okay, fine. Enjoy your Disney. I will enjoy The Witch. Thank you. Actually, I've started to watch one of the new Star Trek series, Discovery. Cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. <laughs> I want I'm the black frock king. I'm the hard-eyed sender. Dispatch you all to another place, whether better or worse is your decision. I only scare you to your face. I'm the black frock king. I'm the hard-eyed sender. Dispatch you all to Black Frock King, is that like just how I'm I'm so metal and badass that I'm wearing black? Is that like funeral garb? Is that No, I think priests usually wear a black frock. I think that is the standard get up of uh priests. So frock is like just the the shirt thing, like not the the robes, right? I think the frock is the robes. Oh, I our our priests never wore black frocks. That's what I was Well, your priests were in what religion? Catholic. Right. But it also makes me think he's he's like he's making himself evil here. He's he's making himself Yeah, this is this is the traditional frock. Can you see this? Oh yeah, that that's not a robe though. Well it that, okay. but that's what it is. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Okay. It's that it's that black with the white collar, yeah. With the white yeah. collar, yes. And there's lots of different versions of it, but I think they are all commonly called a frock. It's not necessarily in mass, it's his everyday clothes. See, I was thinking, Correct. I was thinking robes in mass. So yeah, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, um, you had fallen into the mass hole. I've been trying to get out of it, I, but it, it makes me. Th- he's he's he seems proud to be the villain here. Almost, it's it's like I'm I'm happy to be Sauron. I'm the Black Frock King. 
bring me the ring. But I don't think he sees, I think that what, what Ian is saying about this character is that he doesn't see himself as the bad guy. He has to, you know, there's a certain kind of egotism and and self-aggrandizement that says, only I can solve these problems. Yeah. I'm the only one. I have the power and I have the smarts and the will to do the hard thing and to tell these people to, that they're evil and, you know, to to be the hard it's like Malvolio. Yeah, and and I I think you're right. I I I think that really helps. The, that final line really helps it. I I can only scare you to your face. Like I'm not trying to be scary. I might be intimidating, but I'm doing this for your good. And if you interpret it as scary, that's on you. Right. I'm giving you the I'm giving you the quote unquote truth. Yeah. Right. The the hard the you. hard truth. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's funny looking at the written lyrics. You kind of have to search through to actually find the lyrics amongst all the I'm I'm a man yeah. of God choruses. Yeah, we've got it twice between the two sets of verses and then four times after that. It's just repetition. Yeah. But I do think, you know, there's this very I think that where 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 it really gets turned on its head. I mean, I mean. Altogether, this is a case of someone surpassing their office, going sure. going beyond the the tenants of their role. Okay. Yeah. And I think where we really see that is in this house, I share with the Lord above. Yeah. He is the tenant. I am the master. Mine is the hate. His is the love. In the house I share with the Lord above. He is the tenant. I am the master. It's like, I mean, and, and it really does relate back to Ian's, you know, lyric from almost a decade previous. People, what have you done? Locked him in his golden cage. Sure. Made him bend to your religion. Yeah, that works really well here. Yeah. You know, it's like this guy's got, got Jesus in a box and he'll let him out for a price. Sure, right. Exactly. If you're willing to pay, send me your children. Oh. I mean, I get it. I get the idea behind it, I get the sentiment. I even get the sound choices. I do. I do. When you, when I when I look at it mm-hmm. removed and with an eye and an ear for poetics, I can appreciate it. I can. Particularly when you think back to to the other religious pieces that that Ian has has worked with and the one that you just referenced, uh, my God. That's like a sister song to this, I think. Yeah. The prettier sister. The prettier sister, obviously. This this is the more harlot-y sister. Sure. The unrepentant harlot sister. She will take you out behind the church and make you pray. Yeah. Yeah. If you change your mind, I'm the first in line. Honey, I'm still free. Oh, my God. Take a chance on me. <sighs> Why are you singing that song? Because I love Abba. We're back to Abba. Okay. Nick, anything else to say on Man of God? Oh, man, if this were... Oh, boy. If this were a religious holiday, (laughs) which holiday would it be? You could, like, put it into a religious holiday that currently exists, or you can create your own, but you have to tell me what it's celebrating. Yeah, I think this would be hair shirt day. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yes, the self-flagellation of... 
everyone feels bad and no one gets anything good out of it. D- of, of the self-flagellation of Didymus the Whipped. Yeah, we celebrate that. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, question for you. Yeah. Do you think that that traditional black priest's frock, frock, yeah, with the little with the little thing that hangs off here and the little little skirt roby thing? Yeah. Do you think that would look good on me? I mean, if you were going for like a a, a stripper priest thing, you know, because your your little skirt would be. Well above the knee. Let's not lie to ourselves. It would also be tear away. Yeah. Well, yeah. You would invest in a lot of Velcro. That's a good. I'm going to start. That's. I'm going to. I might start incorporating that into my act. Excuse me. We got a noise complaint from God. (laughs) 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 Who's here to repent? Rip. (laughs) Goodness me. Aid. Nick McGill. Next week, we are starting the 1980 album, 13th studio album, was supposed to be a solo album. A. A? For Amen. A for Amen. So we are opening that album next week with Crossfire. Oh! <laughs> I like that song. Until next week, you don't have to wear a hair shirt. You can wear a comfortable Talk Tall to Me official merch t-shirt that is lovely and comfortable. And we even have a new piece of artwork that we are going to be releasing very soon. That's right. Actually, it will be, it, it is in stores by the time you hear this. Well, by in stores, I mean, it's it's in our it's in our, our merch store. We've just released a brand new Talk Tall to Me t-shirt. Get it and put it on your body so that you don't have to suffer. Check it out. It is for the Tall Skulls. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. You can find the link to our merch in the show notes. We at the Feckless Moms are truly innocents. We are, we are like your children. And you don't have to touch us with your water. You can touch us... With anything that you like, but we prefer being touched by five stars, preferably accompanying a positive rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. The religion of Talk Tall to Me, like every other religion, does accept tithes, and we will offer indulgences in return. For just $5 a month, Mm. you can be... You can find your way to salvation on our Discord server right. and get two additional podcasts a month Truly, from us. never has the price of opening the gates of the earthly paradise been so cheap. So while you are doing that, until next week, I am the Black Frock King, Nick McGill. I am the visions on your shoulder, Omen Said. We are the hard-eyed senders, feckless moms. And this is... For better or worse, talk tall to me. Welcome, everybody. Sit down, please. 
sit down, sit down. Oh, it you, is. Myself, you, take a seat. Everybody is blessed. It's all right. It's okay. all right. Everybody, sit down. Quiet, please. We are welcome everyone to the uh, the 75th annual uh, Popa convention, and uh, I would like to welcome you all. And we're going to take a roll call. Woo! <laughs> Put your shirt back on, please. Okay, okay. Uh, we are going to start with Saint Peter. Here. Saint Linus. Saint Anacletus. Uh, parts of me are over here, and some parts of me are over here. Uh, Pope Clement. Yeah. Oh, uh, but we we need to take the name of Pope Everestis off the list. He is no longer with us. Uh, Pope Alexander. Oh yes, I'm here. You see. Uh, Saint Sixtus. Yes. Saint, tell us, tell us for us. Yeah. Saint Higginus. He. Uh, let us see. Uh, we have 37 piouses. Could you all just chime in, please? I'm here too. What? I thought we were gonna get some. Uh, where's the Where's the Prada swag? Is that in the other room? That's a. Uh, that's after we we mingle. I, we gotta, okay. Just uh, I'm a size 36. <laughs> size 36 frock. Okay, we'll write it down, Pius. Sit down. Uh, Pope, uh, the piouses. How many piouses do we have? We just did the piouses. Oh, oh, good lord. Uh, the Clements, then. How about the Clements? We are here. Oh. Yes, the, the Clement contingent is we here. We are queer. <laughs> and we're not going anywhere. And we are we are not used to it. What about the Innocents? Do we have in the Innocents here? I don't even know how I got here. And the finally, Papa Felix. Hey, it's a me, Papa Felix. <laughs> Everybody gets a wafer. You get a wafer, you get a wafer. I got my wafer Pez cannon here. Pow, pow, blessings, blessings, blessings. Now uh, we are going to start with the, the customary prayer uh, uh, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the, 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 Holy, the Holy Jesus. Uh, dear God, thank you so much for uh, talk told to me and for making sure that they are a member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. People everywhere, a sense of expectation hanging in the air, giving out a spark. Across the room, your eyes are glowing in the dark. And here we go again. We know the start, we know the end. Masters of the scene, we've done it all before, and now we're back to get some more. You know what I mean. Voulez-vous?